Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Indie Club Podcast. Today, I'm joined with Matt from Leapers. Uh, Leapers is a community of freelancers and self-starters helping people with uh, awareness about mental health. I think I'm uh, saying this correctly. I'm going to let Matt introduce himself, and then we're just going to take it away. So, Matt, please go. Hey, yes, uh, you did a perfect introduction. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, I, I run a project called Leapers. And our aim is to support the mental health of the self-employed. And we do that three ways. Uh, The first way is a community of peer support. So we have about 2,000 members of people who come together on our core Slack and just hang out. It's like, uh, you know, having, having a team. Uh, for people who who don't have a team, it's a bit like the water cooler at the, an office, or you know, a place where you can go make a cup of tea with other people, where you can complain about colleagues, or just say hello in the morning. Uh, but it's also a fantastic place to ask any questions that you've got about running your business, or or kind of get advice and wisdom and and share your own experiences of self-employment. We also create resources and tools and guides for people who are thinking about starting uh, running their own business. And of course, those people who are already running it, but want to um, invest in in looking after themselves. Because I think no matter how long you've been doing this, it it can be very easy to forget to look after yourselves uh, every so often. And we also work with businesses to try and help them be more aware of how some of their behaviors impact the self-employed, what they can do to better support us as a community, um, and ultimately help them do better work. Because that's, I think, underlying all of this, it's not really about a mental health issue, really. It's about being able to work well. And when you're self-employed, you know, you don't have a, have a paid sick day. Um, so we just want to make sure that everybody can, uh, do the best work possible and mental health is a really important foundation for that. So how did you came about starting the community? So where, where did it come from? It was a bit of an accident, actually. Um, I had a six month notice period. I was leaving a job, which I'd, uh, I was a happy lever. Um, I just wanted to explore other opportunities and didn't have a job to go to. So I was just writing about that experience, about going through the process of creating a CV and how that's a weird kind of old fashioned way of just listing dates and places that you've been rather than saying like what you can offer and where you're going in the future. Talking about how how resignation is a really odd thing to do. And when you resign, everybody kind of like stops talking to you or gives you the rubbish work, uh, which is strange because everybody leaves a job at some point. Um, and and uh, I, I was just writing about some of the interesting experiences that I was going through as I was changing the way that I worked. And um, a lot of people were reacting positively and wanted to inv- engage in the conversation. So I started a Slack channel um, just because it's a it's a easy space to have a conversation rather than the LinkedIn model of post and and get comments back. And over time, just people started joining and, and sharing their own, their own experiences of changing how they were working. And it, it quickly became clear that a lot of the conversations were about the emotional experience of working for yourself rather than, hey, you know, what's my brand? Or what accountancy software do you use? And, you know, how do I optimize it in my SEO? And, you know, not, not the operational side of running business, but the, the human aspect, the emotional side of things. And how just a lot of people were you know, finding it the best of times and the worst of times within the same day. Um, and, and it just struck upon an insight, really, that a lot of people who are working 
for themselves can often feel disconnected or isolated or don't don't have people around them that they can just say hey you know what do you think about this or i'm struggling with this how how would you approach it so we kind of after the accidental community <laughs> was born I just kind of doubled down that focus and, and started asking questions about, well, what is it that really impacts our well-being and our emotional health when we're working for ourselves? What are the things we can put in place and how can we make sure that we're, we're creating more awareness? So people who are stepping into self-employment or are already self-employed are actively thinking about their own mental health and also start to try and change some of the behaviors which have a, have a negative impact upon our mental health. So, okay, before you started and before you actually quit your job, did it ever cross your mind all of the things that you started to think about once you actually became self-employed? I, I'd been self-employed before, so I was okay. cheating a little bit. I, um, I've actually been self-employed for the majority of my career. I've only had one proper job. Okay. Um, so I, I, yeah, I was well versed in in the challenges of of self employment and having to keep yourself motivated and making sure that you know if if you you know if you don't put in your own career progression and training and development, then nobody else is going to do that for you. And and how hard it can be to you know come up with ideas and push ahead with stuff if you don't have somebody else holding you to account or, or nudging you forwards. So I, I was I was well aware of some of those challenges before. I, I think that's possibly a big gap for a lot of people when they are moving into self-employment, that they see freelance as, a, uh, as the opposite of a bad job. You know, and, and it isn't it isn't yeah. the solution to a bad job. Um, it it is one option. It's one route. Uh, but just working for yourself and just going, oh yeah, I'm going to do this is is not enough preparation. I think. Yeah. Um, and there seems to be a huge, steep learning curve, right? When when you first do it, you've probably got a project of your first client because that was what gave you the impetus to go. No, I'm going to do it now. So it seems great for the first couple of weeks then maybe that project comes to an end and then you're like, Oh, okay. Now I realize that I've got to go and do this and that. Da, 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 da. And, and I think that's the point where people kind of go, right. Okay. There's yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I'm trying to do. I'm the craftsperson bit, but I've also got to do the marketing and the accounts and the sales yeah. and the, you know, everything, everything else. else. Yeah. Everything else. <laughs> like, uh, have you paid your taxes? Thing. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what's a tax? What's an IR35? Yeah. 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 Never heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing that I, um, so like yourself, I always like to say that I had like one job that actually became two. So now it's like, I'm down to two, uh, real <laughs> jobs. One, one in Croatia before I actually started freelancing and one in UK before I realized, yeah, this is, definitely what I don't want to do in my life mm. but uh when whenever I was working as a freelancer I always kind of find a partner I was a 40% alone 60% you partner up with somebody me being a designer I've always partner up with a developer or yeah. you know working with somebody just like this uh this podcast is like yes I am the host but I work with David you know David he's a co uh, co-founder of the community so yeah, it's always easier to have somebody to kind of you know push you forward. You pull them forward. It's kind of uh, uh, seesaw um, a relationship. So, did you ever work with somebody else when you were freelancing, or you mostly done it alone? And what would you advise to people who kind of you know become uh, self-employed suddenly? Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. I I think that um, having a 
a partner or a buddy or somebody you're working with is consistently one of the most um significant reasons that people say yeah we're doing we're doing well or i'm doing great work um so i've i mean i lose count of how many people i've spoken to over the years but I, I, yeah, pretty much every single conversation, the, the benefit of having a partner is, is, is talked about. Um, and, and personally, I think it's always something which I felt that I've lacked, like having a, a committed work partner um, is something that I've always felt has, has been a, a gap. I, I know the projects where I do collaborate with others, whether that be, you know, the, the client is acting as my partner, it's less of a kind of, you know, like, client supplier relationship but more of a we've we've created a small team and we're working together those are always the most fulfilling projects and equally where i've worked as part of a team on a on a project whether that's me pulling together that team or um, somebody else adding me to a team those those are always more not just more fulfilling um, but also seem to be more I don't know, productive and rewarding and, and uh, yeah, I think you hold each other to account. Um, so it's, it's one of the things which we're looking at uh, doing this year in Leapers is, is how actually can we create that sort of uh, those little pods of accountability or support or motivation um, because I think it's, it's something that a lot of people are missing and, and it's quite difficult to ask somebody for that that help if they're not looking for it as well um so i think there's there's definitely a bit of a gap for, for in in um the kind of the landscape of of support which is actually yeah i just need somebody who can team up with this even if yeah. it's not working together it's it's kind of working to support each other yeah sort of a like a sponsor basically that, that can check in on you that's a great analogy. Yeah. Sponsor. I mean, I think, you know, the, there are lots of types of relationships which work really effectively in this space. So I think therapy is always a really interesting relationship to look at because that person is not guiding you in any way. They're not giving you any advice. They're not saying yes or no, or do this or don't do this. They're just asking really good questions. Um, and also it's a time and a space to, to hold for yourself to say, well, okay, this, here's an hour a week where I'm going to be, you know, challenged a little bit. Um, and I think even just that act of somebody just saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? What about this? How does that make you feel? Just having that, you know, little, it's not a devil or an angel on your shoulder, but it's just a provocateur. Um, it it can, it can help massively. Yeah. I have a, uh, one of my, uh, my first business partner is Mm -hmm. a, a, a person that I still turn to, even though we haven't been working together on the same project for over five years now, mm. he's the type of person that uh, can poke holes in any idea or project. So yep. he, he'll always kind of like, did you think about this? Or do you think about it? Why, why not this? Why did you take this route? Yep. And it kind of, kind of challenges my reasoning. And if I say, well, I don't know, or just it kind of makes me, uh, makes me want to expand on whatever my thinking was. And I think it's yeah. just a, it could be a good thing. And uh, I, do that for a couple of people as well as being the, the guy that kind of helps them on their journey. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, it could be a, a, a really good thing. Uh, and how, how did you find your business partner originally? How did that relationship develop? So we met in high school and then 
and we were we were always think, tinkering with stuff. He was a developer, I was a designer, mm -hmm. and I was like kind of doing this and doing that. He's actually the first person who introduced me to Photoshop. I was like, I think it's second second right. grade of high school, something like that. I was yeah. like, oh, you know, I don't know if you remember. But it was like way like a long time ago in a galaxy far away, but <laughs> uh, the. Uh, Greg Martin was the guy. He made those like space uh, uh, wallpapers with with uh, with planets and stars and whatever. Mm -hmm. it was like, and he, he the first tutorial was from him, like how to build uh, this wallpaper from like planets and stars. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. And then it kind of became, oh, this is fun. And then it grew from there, basically. So this is how we met. And when I quit my first job. I was like, I'm starting a company and I'm a designer and people need a developer. What do you say? Like, let's build websites. This was when the, the website were the, the new thing. Yeah. So, so he was like, okay, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's quit college and start a business. So that's what we did. And, and it comes from trust, right? I mean, you, you need to build those relationships up over time. You need to know what the other person is about, what their values are, what, you know, what they're into, what you can rely upon the forum, what you can't. Um, yeah. and, and that, that really takes time. And I think, you know, investing in those, those networks of, of relationships and support of different types, it's, that's a lifetime's work. And I think it's another one of the gaps in when people do just jump into freelancing, you know, if they have, if you haven't spent even just six months building up some of those relationships before you, you take the leap, it, you can find yourself without somebody to turn to. And it's, even when you are freelancing, I think, you know, the, the best of times we're all, when we're busy, we're focused on doing the work and then finding the next piece of work and, and kind of the treadmill a little bit without just saying, hey, actually, what am I going to do this month? Should I take just 15 minutes as part of my business plan, really? Not just to chase new business, but to chase like business support and build my network and people. And it's amazing how much serendipity can kick in um even if you weren't thinking about that conversation with somebody about it turning into a business thing you know that that can turn into tangible value down the line in some way yeah yeah i agree i don't i i, I know that not everybody can kind of take that time to take a pause from whatever they're doing and then like say okay i'm going to take a little bit of time just to figure out mm. and i think the current situation we are all in kind of gave me the opportunity to do, to do that thing and i haven't onboarded a new client for five months now and been focusing on podcasts and providing value for other people, building content mm -hmm. and working on a couple of startups. So it's been, I've been investing my own time and have the opportunity to do that. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And I know not everybody can do that, but I know that people, they can ask other people for advice. And I think this is where Leapers is really good. Uh, I've been part of the community for, I think over a year now. Uh, and conversations are great. I haven't been, I haven't joined as much as I wanted to, but I'm lurking every day just to see what, <laughs> That's what's a, you're going. You're allowed. You're allowed to look yeah. in the background. I'm going to challenge you, actually, Tom, because I, I I disagree. I don't I don't believe uh, that everybody can't find a way to invest in that time. Yeah. Um, I I think you know everybody will put some time aside to do their accounts or their taxes because they have to. <laughs> yes. Um, and there is a punishment if you don't. Um, so that's really, really tangible. You get a red letter from the tax man if you haven't paid your VAT or your tax on time. The, unfortunately, the same is true. You don't get a red letter. It's not as tangible. But if you don't put aside time to look after yourself, to invest in your support networks, to, to build those relationships, the 
the tangible outcome of that is you won't feel as supported. You won't get as much work in the future. You won't be able to do your best work. And honestly, I think, you know, all it can take sometimes is just like 15 minutes a week. And I, I challenge anybody who has, who does, who says, I don't have 15 minutes a week. No, uh, you're absolutely right. I wasn't talking about it. I was talking like, I took five months off. So, oh, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that is definitely a very nice amount of time. But, the, but I think this is people get in their heads that actually that sort of thinking proactively or like business planning or, you know, think about the future is something that, oh, I, I need to go and take six months off no, or a no. week or so. And, and it isn't, it's, it's, it is, it, all it can take is just actually you know, stand in the shower, right? You know, get, ask yourself a challenging question before you get in the shower, take that 10 minutes to just think on it. And I, I think people put it off and put it off because it feels like this big thing to do as opposed to just creating a small amount of time on a regular basis. And as everybody knows in the science shows, like you know, putting better habits in place is just small little efforts every day that build up over time as opposed to right now I'm going to get fit. Now I'm going to tomorrow, I'm going to run a marathon. It's like nobody would ever do that. Um, But you know, you, you get off your, your couch and you do your first lap around the park and it's the same with well-being. It's the same with investing in your business that they're, they're small incremental steps that, you know, should be on your to-do list every day as opposed to it being, Oh, it's the first of the month. I'm going to do my accounts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of my advices for people is if you want to build a business or freelance career or whatever, it's supposed to be fun, right? <laughs> so why don't you do the fun thing instead of, you know, watching TV or, or whatever? If, if that's supposed to be fun, do that instead. Just wake yeah. up, have a coffee, sit down and like make your business plan. It, it's supposed to be the fun part of what you ever want to, whatever you want to build. So just exactly. do that. Yeah, that's, I, I, and that's the, I think the, single largest benefit of of being self-employed is you get to design how you need to work and how you want to work um and yeah you might have other responsibilities like perhaps your parent or a carer or you you're freelancing because you can't work full-time a week or perhaps you've got an illness which doesn't allow you to go to an office you know there's a multitude of reasons why people move to self-employment, but you have the opportunity to design how you work. And as you say, it's like, if you're not designing something which you're enjoying or you feel motivated by, you've got the opportunity to change that. And, you know, I mean, fun is a strong word. I, I don't ever remember enjoying doing my self-assessment. Um, but, and, and I think there are definitely some things as well, which like, you know, if they're not your strength, if, if it's something which is you're putting off because you, you don't enjoy it, you don't feel you're good at it, it's creating anxiety, then again, like offload that, give that to somebody else. I don't do my tax return. I get an accountant to do it That's for two cool, reasons. Yeah. A, I, I, I want somebody trusted to do it because it matters. And B, because I really don't enjoy doing that. And I would far rather use my time on something else. Um, and I think, again, it's like, it comes back to this idea of you know, just because you're working for yourself, it doesn't mean you need to work alone. And exactly. you can build up that net, that team around you. Exactly. This is the same reason why our uh, tagline is, even though we work alone, we thrive in the community because mm. this is where you can find support and you can talk to other people and, and basically learn that you're not alone. A lot of people feel alone and they're not. So, uh, okay, I want to ask basically about this is like, oh, I know it's an opinion, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. Like, how do you see uh, companies 
hiring freelancers in the future based on what we learned in past a uh, couple of months and uh, people working more and more from home. Do you think the landscape of, of uh, jobs will change? Uh, I mean, it's going to change, yes. Um, whether attitudes towards working with freelancers is going to radically change or not, I don't know. I, I think what has happened in the last couple of months is, first of all, businesses have realized that actually business can continue without having people physically present. Um but I also hope that businesses have learned that there's a time and a place for different modes of work. You know, we are not currently working from home. We are under a global pandemic with heightened levels of stress where we're not allowed to leave home and trying to continue working. So it's very different to a company instigating a remote working policy. So I think any business which uses this as a uh, a test to see whether remote working is right for them should be mindful um, because productivity is not what it should be. And, and equally, you know, there are plenty of tasks which are just better when you come together in a group, just period, they are. And there are plenty of people who prefer working in a, and, and you know, like an office or a co-working space and plenty of people who enjoy working from home. I think, we need to be really careful that we don't fall into this binary state again of um, there's, there's working from an office or there's working from home. It's, it's just not true. It's like different people want to work in different ways at different times of the day for different tasks which they have. So businesses need to think about what works best for the objectives that they have and the team that they have. Um, what I think from a, from a self-employment perspective, employees are definitely getting more support and more of a spotlight has been shone on the importance of, of mental health at work when you're not at work. So that's, that's a fantastic thing. For self-employment, I don't, you know, that doesn't cross over because employers don't have a legal responsibility to the self-employed in the same way they do with employees. And I think there is a risk of, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's just a piece of work that turns up if it's, if it's a freelancer that isn't in the office and they're only around for six weeks. So it doesn't really matter. And you, there's a risk that that um, could be even more of a problem. And it's more businesses hire more self-employed people because they've laid a whole load of people off or they've been on furloughed and, and they don't have the teams to support projects, whatever it might be, that I think there will be an increase in the number of, projects which are for the self-employed and and they might get forget forgotten a little because they're not visible um that said i think uh, i think there has been this this light shone on the human aspect of work more than ever before and and businesses are realizing that you can't just expect people to you know work all day every day you can't expect people to juggle you know homeschooling and work and if their parents and, da, 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 and and there's more stuff than is just going on than their job title so i i think that you know we'll we'll see a more human i hope that we'll see a more human approach to to work and that those who are self-employed um have spent the last couple of months connecting with others because they're feeling that they need that support and those support communities continue to thrive we've seen so many platforms spring up from nowhere 
suddenly, which are like, oh, actually, I've created this Slack group, or there's a you know house party group, or a WhatsApp group, or all of these little informal su- support communities, and that's exactly what we've always been kind of pushing for. It's not about come and join Leapers. It's like whatever your tribe is, wherever you find it, whatever platform, make sure that you have some. Um, so I, I really, I really think that most people are seeing the benefits of being connected to other people that are having a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I know that your podcast is called No More No More Water Cooler Talk, yeah. and uh, one thing that I advise to a couple of people who are suddenly find themselves in a situation working from home, like you should schedule the actual water cooler talk on yeah. the calendar. And well, I have a friend who is a CTO of a big development company, and uh, they always were really big on working in the office. They were, sure. uh, their CEO is like very strong on like, uh, I call that ass in chair policy. Yeah. Uh, and I think it just comes from being an old school, not believing that people when they are home, they actually work from home. Yeah. So when people suddenly find themselves home, he was like, Oh, how do they, we know that they're working? Bah, bah, bah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they actually achieving whatever you set out to achieve? Like, are they, basically making the the whatever the kpis or goals however that you're calling this thing it's like like yes cool so good so people are making uh whatever they said they're going to make that's good so uh and at some point it started to you know people get frustrated it started to to fall off so uh of course john is missing mark or helen is missing whatever uh did you ever schedule some informal chat with those people like no uh, yeah, it's completely. I mean, I think, yeah, there's, oh God, there's a whole load of points there, Tom. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, measure, the, and this is not a working from home COVID issue at all, that, that we measure the wrong things. We measure, you know, timesheets time <laughs> on a, a client as opposed to whether you've done some done the thing that was asked for yes um and and that's the same in in self-employment and it's the same in in a job you know people as you say as in as in seat metrics are irrelevant you know i i could sit for a hundred days uh and charge a hundred days of time but not get the thing done but exactly. that's the right metric Is it, so I, I you know for a long time smarter businesses have been moving to more you know output and outcome based metrics which is absolutely right and then it doesn't matter where you work or when you work or how you work as long as you're getting the work done to a good quality and you're not a douchebag um that's that's what matters so yeah i I think hopefully we'll start to see that shift in terms of like the the slacking off thing though i mean yeah definitely i think I don't schedule socials because I preach to others what they should be doing to look after themselves and listen to none of my own advice. <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's, it's, it, the, the challenge at the moment is that, you know, if you're on, if you're in an office environment, um, someone will say, Oh, do you want to go out for a fag or do you want a cup of tea or it's the end of the day or it's lunchtime and, and all the, there are these little kind of subconscious or, you know, kind of micro prompts that just make you go, Oh yeah, actually I need to go to the toilet. I haven't been to the toilet for an hour or I'm hungry or, or need some fresh air. And, and you don't, you just don't have those if you're not around other people or yep. from home or time has no meaning anymore. So I, I frequently look up at the end of the day when I think, Oh, I've done enough work for now. And it's like, Oh Christ, it's, it's half 10 at night. Um, so, so I think, it can be useful to schedule in things like socialization. So you don't forget to have that cup of tea with somebody to check in with people. 
um, so you you do remember to do it. The other the other thing it really helps you do is not just focus on work, because in the normal situation of things, you're not 100% productive. You're not 100% doing work right. You're having a chat with somebody about what they saw on TV. You're checking your Facebook for like, holiday yeah. photos. And, and that's, it's an important part. It's rest, one. It's socialing, socialization. It's like kind of connecting, building relationships with other people in your team and who you work with. All those things really, really matter. So forcing yourself to say, yeah, have a conversation about nothing at all work-related is, is essential emotionally, but also professionally. And I, this is the conversation that we have with businesses is it's not just about emotional health. It's about quality of work and commercial value yeah. because if somebody, if I'm having a conversation with you we, before we started recording, we were talking about ice cream and it's clear that we both love ice cream and we're fans of it. That information isn't that useful to me professionally right now, but in yeah. three weeks time, when I'm working on a brief around ice cream, who am I going to call, you know? And, and that doesn't seem like a professional uh, conversation that we had but it, it informs who my, you know, who I turn to and what, what value my yep. relationships have so I can do better work in the future. So even though it seems like slacking off or scheduling downtime, like all that kind of stuff really helps you do better work. And it can feel really unusual to have a calendar alarm go off saying, take a break or have a cup of tea. But it, you only need to do it for the first, you know, 30 days. Yep. And then it starts to become a routine and, and your body naturally kind of sits up just before your alarm goes off and goes oh it's it's cup of tea time and then you can relax some of that routine yeah um what I did in, yeah sorry no i was just gonna say it's uh, i normally i would say it's okay to relax those routines but what we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks has been actually people have been letting go of those routines a little bit so not doing the exercise not taking a break not starting and finishing at the same time of the day and and actually right now is probably what we, when we need it more than most because that lethargy is kicking in and we're starting to feel less motivated and less able to do stuff because it's been, it's been months. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to continue to be months. And actually, whilst we're feeling low energy and low motivation, having that structure actually really does help. Um, and that three o'clock alarm going off, going make a cup of tea, even if you go, oh, okay. We all know the benefits of a cup of tea. And, and actually yep. after having it, even if you did feel like you were like, actually, yeah, no, that was good. That was, that, that was a good thing to do. Yeah. And one thing that, uh, in, in Slack, there are like, you can set your status, like available, busy, whatever. Nobody uses it. Everybody's online constantly. Mm. So what I started to do is like, Hey, are you, are you doing something? Like, are you, am I interrupting? No. And just click the call button. Yeah. And it's just like, Hey, what's up? Like turn on my camera and, and, and just like talk for 10 minutes. Just like, Hey, whatever. What's up? Uh, but I wanted to come back to, we were talking about, uh, actually being like nobody, I think whoever thinks they're, uh, employees are productive eight hours a day is being delusional. Nobody's <laughs> yeah. productive yeah. eight hours a day being, being in the office or not, even if you're standing above them, they will not be productive. But one thing that I, uh, recently came back to, and it's something that I struggle with, uh, dealing with people who are new to freelancing and they don't know how to price themselves. And they then ask like, how much should I price for this or that? Because mm. it's not an uh, hourly rate game when you're working on something that's like more creative or whatever. Yeah. And uh, last year, actually, I was supposed to be on a conference 
now uh, in in Croatia, but uh, last year uh, the organizer asked me to uh, do a logo for them. Mm-hmm. And like, can I do a logo for? I I haven't done brand. I don't do branding professionally for years now because it moved from being uh, being uh, how to like phrase this properly. I don't want to sound off like this, but it stopped being lucrative work for me. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it, and it, it stopped being fun. I've been doing it for years of working in print, mm-hmm. and now I can bang out a logo and like I made myself a Sunday morning coffee. My wife was asleep and I sat down in front of my computer. I thought about a conference, what they're trying to do. They were like this uh, cloud-based uh, conference, but they're very inclusive. Yep. So I kind of created a, the, this logo and sent him over. He was like very, uh, very pleased. And, and he asked me like, how much do I owe you? Like, dude, like you asked me that as a friend, that's number one. Number two, you can't ask me how much do I charge for it once I'm done. Yeah, because it, now it's a done deal. So whatever I say can be either too high or too low, or I can yeah. just become a douchebag. So I stopped charging for logos because for me it takes uh, like a couple of hours of dedicated work based on my 15 years of experience. And how can I say to somebody, "Oh, it costs your monthly salary," right? Yeah. Because when I'm done it in, a, in a, and this is what what people struggle with. So I know that some people when they start freelancing, they actually hide how much hour they spend on a yeah. certain project because they feel like, oh, how can I pay you for something that I've been working two weeks to earn that amount of money and now you ask me to pay you, you build that website in two days and now you want the same amount of money. This is yeah. where a lot of people kind of struggle. So, Yeah, and I, I think money is a really challenging uh, topic of conversation for lots of people. You know, as, as we said before, it's like a lot of people get into freelance because they want to do what they do and love doing. Um but that doesn't mean they're a salesperson. It doesn't mean they're a commercially minded individual. It just perhaps, you know, they're a brilliant illustrator, but they, but they hate, you know, the, the money side of stuff. And they didn't have to do that when they were working in an agency, but now, you know, they're having to, having to have those difficult conversations. And I think money can put a very, it can feel like it puts a very tangible price on your worth as an individual, on your value. Um, because there, there is an amount, there is a number that says, oh, this, this thing that I did is worth this. Um, and, and if people have a lack of self-confidence or self-esteem issues or feel like, oh, well, it only took me like an hour, you know, I shouldn't really charge, you know, a, a larger amount for this. Um, it's hard to separate yourself from actually your years of experience. You know, it took you an hour because you've put in the 10,000 hours because you've been doing this your entire lifetime because you're brilliant at it and people should be paying for that value and that experience. They're not just paying for the time that you spent They're They're paying for your, your experience. Um, but that's a really hard thing for a lot of people to justify to themselves. I think, um, you know, that's why time-based pricing is, is not a great approach because I could sit down with, I had this couple of, a couple of months ago with somebody, I ha- I was having lunch with somebody and they were talking about their business startup. It wasn't like a consulting thing. It was just a friend who I hadn't seen for a while. And um, he was just talking through his approach to how he was going to get um, like an MVP up and running. And uh, he was talking about, working with a technology you know a couple of freelancers or a technology agency or something they'd quoted him you know tens of thousands of pounds uh 
And uh, we just talked through what he was actually trying to test because he wanted to prototype this idea. And I said, what is it that you need to test? Do you need to te test the technology works or do you need to test the idea? It's like, oh, well, we know, you know, it's not a technical thing. It's like a user experience and, and you know, see if people actually enjoy doing it. It's like, then you can do that without building anything, without spending a penny, without using existing platforms or write it down on paper and go and have a conversations with people or just mock it up as, you know, there's a, there's a number of ways which you can prototype this without building anything. And, you know, that 10 minute conversation saved him tens of thousands of pounds. So in that instance, if I was consulting, do I charge them for 10 minutes? You know, it's, and, and if, if that 10 minutes is really valuable, does that mean that my daily rate is like millions of pounds? Or do I charge what that advice is worth? Consulting is a bit different because it's like it feels even less tangible because you're just giving somebody a recommendation or observation. But it's exactly the same when you're creating something. There's a hard fixed cost of your time and materials. But all that experience that goes into you being able to do that thing really quickly is invaluable. <laughs> it is priceless. and you. So it, it is a really challenging thing. But I think it, it can quite often be useful to step outside of your own head. And if you were giving advice to somebody else, Rather than charging something for you, you know, kind of working out your own pricing strategy and saying, oh, I'm not sure of it. What advice would you give to somebody else? And you would absolutely tell them, don't give work away for free because it's really valuable. Look, yeah, you did it in an hour, but that's because you're amazing and you should charge them. And also, yeah, it might be a logo and it took you five minutes. But actually, that logo is the thing that's going to stand out on Instagram. Uh, that it's going to drive so many more taps and click throughs to their event. It's going to turn into ticket sales for them. This could be the difference between no ticket sales and a thousand ticket sales, which is worth thousands of pounds to them. What impact is that going to have? And I think by pivoting your, your thought process from your own self, you know, self-worth to what impact is this work going to have separating you from the actual work and looking at the value that it has for somebody else it can really help um there's there are also some really really tangible things that i think you know you do have to look at well actually what do i need to make each month what how much do i need to bring in to break even what do i need to have a, a decent lifestyle uh, what do i need to put aside for tax and a rainy day for when things go wrong and you set this baseline of, of income and a lot of people aren't necessarily tracking what they need to be making every single day or every single week. Sometimes that can be a really healthy reminder to, to say, actually, no, I do need to make that 300 quid today because I haven't, I haven't got enough to pay the rent at the end of the month. So making it really tangible and also getting outside your own head can, can often help. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. But uh, it's, it's great to hear it from somebody else. Yeah, I just kind of feel it. And when I'm repeating myself, it's like, uh, uh, just kind of sometimes feel like a broken record. Uh, yeah, that, that's, the, that's the importance of having somebody else, right? And having that other person that can just bounce it off you. I think, you know, find somebody really commercially aggressive in your network yeah. and just say, hey, I want to charge this. And if they come back, you go, dude, that should be like three times the price. Yeah. And lis listen to that. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, David in my community. Like, I come up with a price, and he's like, "Dude, no, that's cheap." Like, "Oh, but it only took me like three hours." And and he said the same thing. Just listen to your own advice. But there's a saying that I uh, like to say, and it's like, "Please use my advice because clearly I'm not using it." So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
so so yeah i'm trying to be mindful of your time and i know that you need to go soon but uh i want to ask you about your personal projects and i know that you've sure. been doing a, a lot of different stuff and one of them being the disposable cameras project and uh project yesterday can you talk a little bit more about that and how it actually uh what would you say to other people who are working on their own like to work on their own projects that are not necessarily uh, profitable but what difference does it make in, in your you know uh, career i think they're absolutely essential to balance um the kind of work which you're doing there are always going to be projects which you aren't 100 excited by you know there's if anybody thinks that freelancing means they can pick and choose the work which they they do they are kidding themselves um and having personal projects means that you can balance the stuff which you have to do and the stuff that you want to do hopefully that's balanced in the in the paid work which you're doing as well but it, it, it can make a big difference um it, it also gives you an opportunity to learn new skills try new things test test new stuff and and apply it um and, and then gives you some work in your portfolio to say oh no i have done something with this new technology or this new approach and then when you do have a client conversation and they're saying hey have you ever done any kind of ar or you done anything like yeah here's what we did so it gives you a bit more confidence of, of talking around those things um and And I think also there's a massive angle around uh, like you don't know what will come from these things, right? The, the, I'm, I'm a big believer in serendipity and actually, you know, the project yesterday and disposable camera project and, you know, all of those, all of those projects are around this idea of what happens, what, what, what might happen if we just put something out there into the world or if we open ourselves up to a bit more randomness and a bit more uncertainty, what good things might come from it. Um, And I, I think, you know, I, I probably had more work uh, and, and interest and contracts that came through as a result of the disp disposable memory project than any kind of new business calls or sales or, you know, it, because it was like, oh, you, you've done, this is really interesting. Can you apply your creative thinking to this thing that we've got over here? So, you know, I, I don't just see them as these like side little hobby projects see them as an investment in yourself see them as an investment in your business i think you know productivity is not just sitting down and creating outputs it's also part of your job to to have inputs to read more to relax to rest to go and see different things to try stuff to not work you know that's all part of what productivity is and side projects are a, a critical part of that leapers is a side project um it doesn't generate any revenue or income um but the 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 benefits of it for me is that i have a community that i can support i've learned a huge amount about the challenges of, of our community and, and the people who work in this way i've learned a huge amount about mental health and all of those things benefit me in the work that i do where i do get paid so i i yeah i i i don't like the phrase side project because it suggests that it is something that is out of what you're focusing on i think they're all just projects and they have varying levels of attention and and income and value to you and actually if we generally just kind of see our work as a collection of things that we are moving between um they all have value in some way so i yeah bring the side bring it from the side into the middle
Yeah, okay, great. Uh, and one last thing, and then I'll let you go, is what is, uh, I got an email, so I know what it is, but uh, I want to ask you so you can say in your words, the future of Leapers and plans for 2020? Oh, who knows? I mean, I did a big exercise at the end of 2019 to say what 2020 would look like. And there was this thing that happened um, that, that kind of changed stuff. And in a lot of ways, it brought a lot more people to uh, to us. We had like 30,000 people visiting, looking for some resources and support in a relatively short space of time. Um, so we're kind of adjusting to that a little bit, but I think that the focus is still on supporting the self-employed who, who don't have an employer looking out for them and, and building awareness, creating tangible things that, that help and working with businesses. And, and there are two things which I'm trying to focus, three things which I'm trying to focus on at the moment. One is, is creating tools for businesses to help them work better with freelancers. So that's things like better onboarding, better post-project feedback, just making sure that that working relationship is, is as good as possible. Um, so, so that's something which will hopefully, hopefully generate revenue that allows us to continue um, doing the project. And then for the individuals, we've got these two things. The first is this, this pods kind of idea that I talked about, how you can create small groups of support and accountability for each other. And also um, then the thing which kind of connects the two is this, this thing around feedback. I think it's one of the biggest challenges that a lot of freelancers face is they don't hear back after a project has been delivered. Like, where did it go? What did it do? Was it useful? Did it win any awards? Did it actually have its intended impact? Because it, it, the processes on the client side aren't necessarily there to do it and, the, and you don't always remember to follow up and it can be difficult to, to ask for good feedback. So we're looking at uh, creating some tools to help freelancers get better feedback and help businesses give better feedback. Great. So if people want to join you, I'm going to, I'm going to link to every, everything, basically everything related to what we talked about and sure. hopefully people will join the community. And I already know a couple of people that will be really great assets to, to the community. I'm going to send them the links. I, I do this, you know, uh, every couple, every, every now and then, but it, now, now like talking this, it jogged my memory. Like, oh, these couple of people really need to join. Also, so, we always love welcoming new people from wherever they are. Yeah, I'm looking forward to see where this will grow. And and thank you. If nobody said this today, thank you for doing this and doing what you do because I think it's really beneficial. It helped me and I know it helped a lot of people. Thanks, Tom. And equally, the, the, thanks to you too. I mean, I think this is what's really important that it is a network of communities that we're all pulling together because we've all got very shared uh, you know, goals. We just want to support our community and make sure they're all working well. And I think the more organizations and communities and products and platforms that uh, build up this support network for people, that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see a more sustainable and supportive world for modern workers. And I certainly can't do it alone. So thank you too for all the work which you're doing and constantly putting out the message out there and creating a space for, for your community. My pleasure. And so we're, we're building this awesome Venn diagram and, and in the center is going to be, I think, uh, it's amazing people. Exactly. Uh, that really work in the future. So yes, uh, thank you once again for your time. I'm going to wrap it up here. Hopefully we're going to have a follow-up episode in the future because there are a lot of stuff that I haven't even scratched the surface yet. So if you're happy to join me again, I would really love that. Always. Um, I'll just be at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, speak to you soon.
bye everybody thank you for watching and uh links in the description and all that stuff so yeah see y'all bye